Anybody ever go through a bundle of emotions? You guys ain't got to answer that. But uh, I always counted a privilege and an honor to be here with you guys. Um, um, I was uh, taken back. You know how the song says, take me back to where I first started. And I was taken back. Um, and the reason why I was taken back, the reason why I'm sharing this, guy, this with you guys, because sometimes we forget where God's brought us from, right? Some, sometimes we forget where he's picked us up from. Sometimes we forget um, how he rescued us. So I was taken back, and I went back to my high school, and I haven't been to that school in, I ain't going to tell you how many years, but it's been a lot of years. And uh, my son had a track meet there, and I was taken back, and I was remembering the time that I went there. I was remembering all of the history that I had in that school and in that, in Long Beach. I was remembering all these things. And I began to share with my wife, you know, someone was either praying for me or they had, or, you know, something because those streets, man, you know, the streets are brutal. And all along that time that I was there, God had his hand upon me. And I was taken back, and I remember the first time that I fell in love with God. I remember when they first introduced me to God. I remember those times. And it just brought back so many different memories. Have you ever stopped and thought about how good God is? Have you ever thought about how God loves you? Sometimes we forget that, but I want, I want to really key in on how God loves us. He loves us more than what you could ever imagine. He loves us that much. So tonight, I want to go ahead and get started here. But if we could just close our eyes just for a quick moment. Heavenly Father, I just come to you right now in the precious name of Jesus. I ask, Lord, that you would establish your presence right now, Lord, before any word is spoken tonight, God. Lord, if there's heavy hearts in this place today, God, you are the one to mend them, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would mend them, God. Lord, if there's anyone, God, right here, right now, who don't know you, God, I pray, Lord, by the end of this service, Lord, that they would begin to know you and understand how much you love them, God. And, Lord, we just thank you right now, Lord, for loving us just the way you do, just the way you do, God. We thank you tonight. We give you the praise. We give you the glory and honor. In Jesus' name, we all say tonight. Amen. Amen. We are going to have fun. We are going to be blessed. Um, I know you guys have been doing uh, the excellence of love. Um, all this month, and uh, that's a great, great series. Um, I've also been uh, doing a love series at my church, too, and uh, man, I, you know how you, you know what a gumbo is? Yeah. Anybody know what that is? Yeah. So my last one on love was a gumbo. It was gumbo, and it was good gumbo. It was seasoned, but it was seasoned with love. So tonight, I have the honor and the privilege of, of closing uh, your series out tonight, and uh, the title of my message here is Be Known by Love. Be Known by Love. And in the ground scripture here, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 and 6. Can we turn there for a moment? Chapter 13, verse 4, and we're going to read to, to 6. Just say amen when you get there. All right, I'm going to go ahead and start reading here. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. 
Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Verse 5, does not believe, behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in inequity, iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Can I tell you, before any of us got saved, we were the total opposite of what is written now, right? Yes? I think I'm in the right place because I know I was. I think I got more, I think I got more happiness in a sense of believing a lie, but now I believe the truth. And I rejoice in the truth and we should all rejoice in the truth. So I wanna lay down a few things for you. And the first question I have for you guys is, how can we demonstrate love towards one another? How can we do that? We can demonstrate God's love by being loyal, by supporting one another in the things of God. You know, it's nothing like having a loyal friend, right? And having loyal friends are hard to find today, right? Loyalty is hard to find in the world that we live in today. Support. Someone's loyal is going to support you. Having faithful friends, those that will be faithful, those that will remain uh, uh, steadfast and true to you. You know, when the, when the uh, hug caps fall off and roll in front, they're still with you. You know, having faithful friends that are with you through thick and thin having faithful friends that are there when you're going through something that can encourage you and pick you up and say, you know what, it's okay. You can make it. You'll get through. I'm here with you. You're not alone. Generous, ready to give whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. You know, we live in a world right now is filled with greed. It's filled with selfishness. It's filled with, hey, it's all about me, and you have to fend for your own. What about giving and helping those in need? Because, you know, before we came to Christ, all of us needed something, right? We needed a little love. We needed someone who encouraged us and tell us, hey, you know what? It's, it's going to be okay. You can't make it. We needed that love. We needed love. John 15, 13. The greatest love. Greater love has no one than this. Than to lay down one's life for his friends. You know, when I was growing up, you always heard your friends, at least when I was growing up and where I was, they'd always say, you know what? I'll die for you. I'll take a bullet for you. And the bullets start flying and you can't find them. They're gone. They've, they've disappeared. Like, what happened? But see, you know what, what's, good, what's, what's good for us now that we're saved? God will never run out on us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll always be there no matter what. He proved that he loved us by giving his only begotten son. Someone said this. The test of any love is how much it is willing to give. Did you guys get that? 
The test of love is how much it is willing to give. We know God loved us that much that he gave, and he gave his very best, and he gave it all for each and every one of us that are sitting here tonight. Can you say amen? If it had not been for Jesus, where would we be? That word excellence, when you look at it, means greatness, the very best. And when God gave, he gave his very best. His love is greater than any love that we will ever experience here on earth. Greater love has no one. We can demonstrate our love towards others by forgiving them, accepting them, and honoring them as well. Some people don't really understand and really have not experienced love like we have. I'm talking about real love, genuine love. I'm talking about loving you just for who you are, not for what you have, but for who you are. Genuine love, genuine friends. Luke chapter 20, I mean chapter 15, verse 20. You guys remember the prodigal son? Had ran off, thought he had everything, you know, thought, you know, he wanted to live wild and he wanted to just, you know, blow all of his money. He was in a place where he thought he knew it all. Have you ever been there, know it all? Been there, done that? And your parents can't tell you nothing because you're only 15, but you act like you are, you're like 30, 40 years old, right? 15. 16, 17, 18, whatever. How long have you lived? How much life experience do you really have? But you got it all together. Right? At least in your mind. But this dad, I'm pretty sure this dad prayed for his son. I'm pretty sure this dad showed grace to his son, just as God shows grace to us. The verse says, so he returned home to his father after knowing it all, after having it all together, so he thought, but he really didn't. So he returned to his father, and while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love, filled with compassion, joy that's on his face, joy that's in his heart. This son that lived wild has come back and he's come to a census. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Because he was back. He was happy. He was filled with joy. But not only that, he gave him a party because he was so overjoyed that he had come home and he had come to his senses. See, God's given you and I so, so much to be thankful for. He showed us, he's shown us so much love. And sometimes I believe that we don't realize how much he does love us. Do you realize how much God loves you? Look at your neighbor and ask him, do you realize how much God loves you? So, yeah. 
You guys act like you don't want to say that, but ask him, do you believe how much God loves you? Freely you have received, freely give. The same love, the same grace, the same compassion that God has given you, that's given me, give that to someone else. Show that to someone else. Demonstrate that to someone else. Let the truth be told. Sometimes they didn't even want to see us around. But see, the love that God gives us, that he's given us, extend that to someone else. Extend that grace to someone else. Ways that you can do that is, you know, even if someone comes at you the wrong way, choose not to respond in a rude way. Choose not to be upset and angry with them, even though you can. You might be in right standings to do that, but choose not to. It's a choice. It's a choice. Even if they come at you rude and disrespectful, you know, let it go, let it go, let it go. It's not even worth it. Let it go. And at the same time, when you let it go and you don't respond rudely, when they're in need and they're down and out, be present for them. Be there for them. Be there to support them. It blows their mind. You know, when people respond negative, negatively, or they say things crude and crude and rude to you, they're expecting for you to do the same thing. You remember that song, Hit Me and I'll Hit You Back? You guys remember that? Some of you guys do. But anyway, growing up, we were taught, hey, if someone hits you, you hit them back. Or am I the only one that was taught that? But don't only hit them back, you have to knock them out. Because you don't want them to get up and hit you again. Or you remember being a little kid and, you know, uh, you go to school and everybody, ooh, 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 it's a fight going on, ooh. And all of a sudden you standing here, he's standing here, and uh, you got a crowd behind you, and you got a crowd behind you, it's egging everybody on, and you put a line right here. You remember that? And you say, I dare you to cross that line. They cross the line, right? And you put another line, and before you know it, you're way back here because of all these lines. What you're really saying is, I really don't want to fight. I really don't want to fight. This is one of the reasons why we were taught hit them. And if you got to run, run. But hit them, make sure you get your punch in. We don't do that anymore. We don't draw lines, we don't hit them. But what we do is we forgive them. Forgive them. We forgive them. Even though we might feel like hitting them. Is that making sense? Because we do feel like that, and I know that. There was a quote I read, and it said, Understand that each person, even the worst person, is doing the best they are capable of at that moment with the resources they have available to them. Some people don't understand. But you understand the love of God. You understand what forgiveness, what forgiveness is and what it looks like. Sometimes people don't understand that. This is where we 
come in. This is where we show the love of Christ. This is where, where we become and show them compassion. Because some people don't know. You know how they'll know that we're Christians? By our love for each other. By our love for one another. It says, by this, that's a telltale sign that we're Christians and that we belong to Christ. By our love for one another. By our love for one another. You know, I was just asking my church this the other day. I said, hey, have you seen this person? Have you seen this person? Have you seen this person? If you haven't, have you called them? Have you sent them a text? Have you, have you told them, hey, is everything okay? Let me know what I can do for you. Because we're supposed to be a body of Christ. We're supposed to be caring and concerned about the person that's sitting next to you and back to you and around you. We're supposed to be doing that. We're supposed to be demonstrating this love. This is what we're supposed to be demonstrating. People have things going on in their lives, and sometimes we don't know. But... Sometimes we can be quick to judge them instead of reaching out and seeing what's the real cause, what's wrong, what can I do, what can I help you with. Us as believers, we should have everything in common. Acts chapter 2, verse 44 through 45 gives us a little clue of that. It says they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. To anyone who had need. It goes on to say they had everything in common. It goes on to say not only did they have everything in common, but they broke bread together all together all the time. Even outside of their meeting place, I'm pretty sure they got together. What they were demonstrating here was love in action. When you demonstrate love, in action, that's influencing. That influences people. That impresses people when they see the people of God in unity, loving on each other, backing each other up, doing things together, encouraging each other, building each other up. That encourages them. There should always be a sense of unity in God's people. All the time. Secondly, I believe that love is seen, not just said. I believe love is seen, not just said. Because, you know, talk is what they say. Talk is, doesn't cost you anything to talk. Right? Just like it costs you nothing to go window shop, right? It gets real when you have to go in that store and pull out that checkbook or money or put that card up. It gets really real. I believe love is seen and not just said because anyone can say that I love you. Anyone can do that. They're just words until action comes behind them, comes behind it. Can you say amen? God said he loved us. So he gave his son. So he said it, but he put his words into action. John 13, 35. 
It says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love and unselfish concern for one another. That's the amplified version if you wonder where I read from. Unselfish concern. Because we have to become selfless. We have to become concerned with the next person. We have to become concerned with our brothers and our sisters. We got to become concerned with our young folks. I don't know about you, but I want them to make it in this Christian life that they're living right now. This is where we come in, us that are seasoned, to encourage them, to walk along with them, to help them. I believe sometimes we can do a better job than what we're doing. I believe we can sacrifice that much more. I really do. Become unselfish. Be really concerned. Not nosy, but concerned. Be concerned. I believe what's missing in today's world is love. I believe that's what the world needs. They need that thing called love. Can't buy me love. You guys heard that song, right? Can't buy me love. I'm not talking about that type of love. I'm talking about a genuine love which only can come from the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm not talking about anything that you pay with money. That's a superficial love to me. That's temporary love. Second John chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. It says, I urge you, dear lady, not as a new command, commandment to you, but one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. This is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Not only should we say we love someone, but we should walk in the love of Christ. We should be walking in it. Again, talk is kind of cheap. You know, I've always believed in, even when I was unsaved, I've always believed in giving everything my all. You know why I love Pastor Richard so much? Because he likes to do things with excellence. We're doing things for God, do it with excellence. See, we want all of God, but we only, only give him half of us. It doesn't work that way. Give him all of you, and he'll give you all of him. That's fair, right? Right? That's what we should do. Anything you find to do with the, uh, for the Lord, do it with all. Everybody say all. All your heart, all your might, and all your strength. Do it to the Lord. Give it your all. You know, going to restaurants, what if they only gave you half of your food? When you go to Starbucks, what if they only gave you a half a cup? 
Think about the, those type of things. I'm just going to halfway cook your food. You'd be, you'd be highly upset, wouldn't you? Think about that when we serve God. Give him everything. Give him all. Don't fence line it. Jump all the way in. If you got a foot in, just jump all the way in. The world needs to see us loving and unified and united with one another. And they should see and understand that all of us, we share the same love from our Father above. We share the exact same love. John tells us that if we draw closer to Christ, what do you think he'll do to us? He'll draw closer to us. Draw closer to him, he'll draw closer to you. Sometime we got to ask God to help you, to help us to see others as he sees them. Sometimes we can see people as problems, right? Man, I don't want to be around brother so-and-so. I don't want to be around sister so-and-so because, man, they talk too much and blah, blah, blah. We can go on and on, right? But God doesn't see them that way. God sees them as someone that may be lost, maybe needs to be found, maybe needs love, maybe needs encouragement. This is what God sees them as. Just like God, hey, think about how God saw us. In the same way God saw us, you got to ask God to help you see them in that same view, the same way. It's still a soul, regardless of how we think about them regardless of what we want to say about them. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they may be a little rough around the edges, but so are you. Yeah, they may be a little hyper, but so are you. Yeah, they may not listen, but you didn't either. Right? They may have defined authority, defied authority but so did you. See how quickly we forget. This is why we have to ask God to help us to view them as you view us. Help us, Lord, to view them like you viewed us. We have to begin to extend that kindness, that compassion, and see others just as God seen us, as beloved. As beloved. John says those that walk, that who claim to be his, must walk as he walked. Must walk as he walked. I have a small challenge for you. The challenge for you is this. Walk as Jesus walked. Walk as Jesus walked. How did he walk? Jesus walked in purity. Jesus walked in compassion. Jesus walked in love. Jesus also walked 
and sacrifice. Jesus also walked in perfect submission. Perfect submission. Think about that perfect submission. He was so submissive to the point where people took his kindness for weakness. And we know we serve, we serve a mighty God. We serve a God of power. We serve a God of strength. He was by no means a weakling at all. But he was so submissive. Another thing John was dealing with, he dealt with the area of brotherly love. And he says this very clearly. He says, we must love as Jesus loved. How many of you guys find it hard to love sometimes? You don't have to answer that. I'm not asking you to answer that. But me, I can say, it's hard to love sometimes. Especially when someone has hurt you. Especially when someone has done you wrong. Especially when someone has stabbed you in the back and you're still taking out the knives. Especially when someone has let you down. It's hard to love them. But knowing that Christ loves us, knowing how he looks at us, we have to walk in his love. Walk in his love. So how did Jesus walk? How did he love, rather? He loved until death. He loved until death. He also loved those who did not understand him. Have you ever been misunderstood? Yes. Sometimes people are not going to understand you. They didn't understand Jesus, so what makes you think they're going to understand you all the time? They're not. They didn't even understand him. He also loved those who lacked faith. Those who didn't believe like you believe. Those who didn't understand the nature of him dying for their sins. They didn't understand that. He loved Peter even when he denied him on the night he was betrayed. Jesus' love was so heavy and so thick. He said, Father, forgive them for what? They know not what they do. They don't understand. As we say today, they're not even hip. They didn't use those words back then, but they're not hip. They're not up on game. Are those words ring bell, young people? You guys say stuff like, what do you guys say now? You guys say all kind of new stuff that I've never even heard. <laughs> I got to get out a dictionary to look, look it up. You know, our old words was like word, word is bond, stuff like that. Show you're right when you know you're right, stuff like that. See, that kind of stuff. But you guys say all kind of new stuff, new terminology. I'm like, is that a word, even a word? I mean, even in your texts, you're abbreviating stuff. I'm like, what does this mean? That's a word? I don't, I don't know. But you know exactly what you're saying. You know exactly what you're saying. I don't. 
but help me to understand. Even when Peter denied him on the day he was betrayed, he still loved him. Even when you and I were on the other side of the other side of the street, he still died for us. He still died for us. Although we were yet sinners, although we were yet lost, although we were yet running amok, he still died. He still died. He was able to do that because it was the love from up above. It was the love from up above. Someone said this, to love like Jesus love, that we must have the love from above. It's not your love, it's his love. It's his love. Because uh, the love that we give of ourselves doesn't compare to the love that Jesus how Jesus loved. It's got to be his love. You got to say, Lord, fill me with your love so that I'm able to love someone else. I've always believed that if you fall completely and totally in love with Christ, if you fall totally and complete with him and you love him, you have no problem with loving someone else. Because that love that's inside you will come out. That love will be demonstrated and extended to someone else. Ain't that what we're called to do? Ain't that what we're supposed to do? Love one another by our love. They'll know that we belong to him. When you think about all he went through. When you think about, we got Easter coming up in a little while. When you think about him giving his body, when you think about his body being broken, when you think about the lashes that he took, when you think about all these things, it wasn't because he adored it and he liked it. But guess what? He had your face in mind. He had you in mind. He had me in mind. Love. How much are you willing to give? He was willing to give his life, his entire life, for our benefit. If that's not love, then what is it? That's true love. That's real love. That's genuine love. give you guys three things as I start to wind this down here. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. When I'm living in obligation, God is working on me. When I'm living in obligation, God is working on me. When I'm living in motivation, God is working in me. And when I'm living in demonstration, God is working through me.
Did you guys catch those? See, yes, we're a work in progress, but we got to continue to demonstrate the love. We have to continue to do that, and we have to continue to let God use our lives and work through us. It's a continual thing. Have you ever had someone push your button? Don't even answer that. You might have had that happen today. You might have had that happen today. Someone pushed your button and you're like, man, you know what, God? I need your presence right now. Greater love is shown when a person lays down his life for his friends. Jesus proved that by laying down his life. See, we're more than just friends. You know what he calls us? He calls us children. He calls us sons. He calls us daughters. This is what he calls us. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Today, as I told you in the beginning, as I said and I thought about all the things that God has brought me through, all the things and all the times that God has spared me, it really explains to me why I'm so passionate about my relationship with him. It really explains to me why I have the attitude of all in or none. It really explains to me, speaks volumes to me when I start to think along those lines. You should think about the same thing. Think about a God who died for you. Think about a God who loves you beyond words. Beyond words. Think about a God who put his gave his son for you and for me so that we could be restored, so that we could be reconciled into him, so that we would have a way to spend eternity with him one day. If I could have every head bowed tonight and every eye closed tonight in this place tonight, Greater love is shown when a person lays down his life. And tonight, we can honestly say that that's got to be love. For him to give of himself, for him to give of his life, for him to lay his life down for each and every one of us. What makes him do that? Love. What makes him do that? Care. What makes him do that? Concern. What makes him do that? Kindness. What makes him do that? Compassion. If I could tell you anything tonight, extend the love, the compassion, and the gratitude that Christ has extended to you. Tonight, you might be in this place tonight, and you may have never 
experience what real love, true love really is. Can I tell you tonight, true love is found nowhere else and in nothing else but Jesus Christ himself. You want to experience the love of God tonight? I can tell you the way you can do that. Tonight, the way you can experience Christ and Jesus Christ's love tonight is by accepting him as your personal Lord and Savior tonight. Yep, you may have been coming to church for quite a while, but you've never given your life to Christ. Yes, you've sang the songs, you've enjoyed the services, but you've never made that commitment. Tonight, can I tell you, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that Christ wants to love you. Today is the day that you can experience the love of God. Will there be one? Will there be two in this place? And you say, you know what, Pastor? I want to experience the love of God. I want to give Christ my life tonight. I want to experience true and genuine love. I want to experience love that I've never experienced before. I tell you tonight, give Christ your life. And I tell you, it'll be the best decision that you've ever did. You'll experience the love of God. You could experience that right now. Will there be one? Will there be two in this place tonight? Anyone at all? Tonight, as we stand to our feet tonight, as our heads are bowed tonight in this place,